Hello and welcome to Divisive Issues, the foul mouth spoiler for comic book podcast where two comic fans or two non comic fans talk about comic books, uh, controversial comic books, and comic book history. I'm Sly. I'm Ryan. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. And we made it, but someone did not. I didn't want to I was going to make that joke, and then I was like, it's not as tasteless. <laughs> Let me do it. I'll be, I'll be the callous one. It is a little distasteful, but we recognize we're, we're here to talk about Steve Ditko. It's just tasteless, but we're, we're going to make up for it by honoring Ditko's memory. Maybe. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe hopefully. they didn't like it. Uh, hopefully, Phil and Daryl liked it. So, Steve Ditko has passed away recently. Uh, mm-hmm. He was the co-creator of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Uh, he created... Uh, the question, which is one of my favorite characters and one of Joe's favorite characters, one of Ryan's favorite characters, I think. I don't know. If... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, speak so... for me, Sly. You've earned yeah. it. <laughs> and so he, he created a lot of interesting characters, like Watchmen. Like the, the, the most of the characters from Watchmen are based on, uh, uh, like half of them are based on Dicko characters. Not half of them, like all of them. I think uh, Silk Spectre isn't, but I okay. can't remember. <laughs> so yeah, like, one exception. She's uh, not, but Night Owl is Blue Beetle. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Manhattan is Captain Atom, and Rorschach is the question. So yes, yeah. So we're going to cover, uh, to honor Ditko, we're going to cover what me and Ryan have always considered to be uh, Ditko's crying moments. And uh, it's the moment that uh, people in the 60s, besides Spider-Man, obviously, but, but people in the 60s, like we talked about in the Doctor Strange episode, that people in the 60s would get high and read Doctor Strange. He was like the cool superhero. Yeah, and we're going to talk about why people got high by Doctor Strange as we get into <laughs> this very trippy, elaborate epic from, uh, from Doctor Strange. Any comments before we begin? Yeah, this was another episode where I'm like, all right, let's see what they picked out to read this week. And I start reading it, and I'm like, yeah, Slide made me read this in eighth grade. I'm positive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. This, this is one of my favorite comics of all time. Uh, yeah. So we have talked a little bit about, like, Stanley's like, kind of format. And the one thing I do want to just say about Doctor Strange that makes it a little different is with the other stuff we've covered, like early Spider-Man stuff, early Fantastic Four stuff, they had their own books. But the way Doctor Strange worked is he didn't just come out with, like, Doctor Strange number one. He was half of a book called Strange Tales that he shared He shared with the Human Torch, and then he shared with Nick Fury. Yeah. And the thing that made that format interesting is we also had books like Iron Man and the Hulk were in that format, too, around this time. Yeah, Iron Man was a, was a double feature of Captain America and Tales of Suspense. Hulk was a double feature with... First Ant-Man, and then Namor the Submariner in Tales to Astonish, for example. Yeah, and the thing that made that interesting is they were now 10-page stories, and that was kind of the format in the 40s and 50s, was just like, here's a 10-page story, Monster of the Week kind of thing. But with Doctor Strange especially, and later with the Hulk and Iron Man, Stan Lee started experimenting with his artists too about doing longer-form storytelling, because if you only have 10 pages you have less pressure to tell a complete story because they're also getting, like, another cliffhanger that might keep them around with the second story. So we're going to be talking about Strange Tales 130 to 141, which is from 1965 to 1966. And this is basically, like, one of the first long-form comic book stories. Yes, I should should clarify, very important to note, this is uh, often cited as, like, the first graphic novel, like, one of the first... uh, long form story i thought, I thought that was the the black panther guys his story that he did the the one before the kkk stuff the one with him in wakanda that was in the 70s i believe right so th- that's yeah that was in the early 70s it's the thing like the thing with like graphic novel is even now it's still debated what it means like i think yeah. it means just like a book that comes out that isn't like serialized like yeah. a movie instead of like a season of tv shows but 
you know, it's so there's a lot of debate where some people say like the Black Panther story because it was it was long form storytelling, but not like it was like still a single book that was doing it where some people consider this because it is one long story, but it's still like because it was some people also consider it like a continuous backup because it was only half of a book and Doctor Strange didn't have but this to is the 60s when nothing like this was really out there like that's the yeah. po- like like both of them were very important for the development of the idea that comics could have one long story told over multiple pages and not just like a three-parter like yeah, a that, that comics can be have a story arc yes yeah. So there, there's a lot of debate on what is the first. We've the probably, debate's on yeah. the, the point thing is both of them were <laughs> stepping stones in what we now take for granted. In yeah. I'm just making sure you guys aren't gaslighting me by being like, this is like the best piece of work ever made. And <laughs> then time. next week we read it and you're like, this was actually the first piece of work, best piece of work. Yeah, I don't know if you guys you're, you're know this, but <laughs> but nerds really like to argue minutia and mm-hmm. detail. So some people say one thing, other people say another thing, and sometimes on the show we just like to say all of them. Actually, uh, yeah. Spil- Silk Spectre wasn't. Uh, Ditko. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get into it finally, because we have a lot to cover. So, yeah. so, so this is Stanley so, and Steve Ditko. Yeah, Stanley and Steve Ditko. But this is, uh, even Stanley notes that Steve Ditko plotted the story most most of the credits. So like, uh, are we he did. Model method. Yeah, yeah. You need you need to bring that up because Sam Lee's wrote this, and when you guys had to sit down to read it, I was paying attention more to the art than the story arc in the beginning, yeah. and I was just wondering how much of that is like your love for it is because of Lee's story here. It does. It does say. Uh, the beginning doesn't say, but as it goes on, like it says, plotted and uh, drawn by Steve Ditko, and so he gave more because. Uh, we mentioned before Marvel Method. The artists always plotted Stanley's stories. They always plotted Stanley's stories. Uh, and, 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 and Steve Ditko eventually quit Marvel. Maybe he was pushing Stanley to give him more credit as time went on. So later on, like halfway through the story, starts saying plotted by Steve Ditko as well. But uh, according to Marvel Method, even he was always, it was always Steve Ditko really plotting out these stories. And the fact that Stanley is notorious for not giving artists enough credit, the fact that he gave Ditko this much credit really makes me think Ditko kind of did everything. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I do think it is important to talk about, very very briefly as a bullet point, is Ditko is a perfect example of an artist that, in my opinion, did a really good job at separating his art and personal politics, at yes. least in Marvel, because. He was, like, a big, like, Ayn Rand objectivist, and, oh. like, there's one Spider-Man issue that he, like, kind of rails against worker rights, which is weird, but... For he the... complains <laughs> about protesters he passes by. What, yeah. what, one thing we should do, like, uh, Libertarian Steve Ditko, because he also has a comic called Hawk and Dove, where one guy is a strong yes. conservative, and the other guy is a weak liberal, and Dove is always a coward, never wants to fight, and uh, <laughs> Hawk is like, we gotta be strong conservatives and fight uh, our countries over there before he fights over here, and stuff like that. But when it comes to his Doctor Strange and his Spider-Man, except for that one exception, it's very... I don't get that at all from yeah, this either. work. And yeah. I just think that's really interesting, because uh, like, I saw a lot of people after he passed saying, like, you know, he was such a huge... He was such a huge influence, and even though I wouldn't agree with him personally, like... It's his art completely overcomes that, and it's not like for me when I talk about Ditko, I don't really need that asterisk, and I just wanted to address that that like it's not like when you read like a Frank Miller book and you're like, well, later on he became like super super racist and stuff. <laughs> like yeah. Ditko's politics come through, but I never really I've never read a Ditko book that I felt like it was like problematic as much as it was like I just don't agree with this. We just mentioned that Ditko uh, was a very private person. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like giving interviews or anything. And he always said he would like to uh, let the work speak for itself. He didn't want to mm. uh, color his work with his personality. So he was trying to separate mm. a writer from artists in a lot of cases. Yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. 
All right, so let's get into it finally. We opened up with Baron Mordo, uh, Doctor Strange, Doctor Nemesis. I don't know how much we went into last time Doctor Strange, but Mordo was always kind of like uh, weaker than Strange, but he always managed. I always find the dynamic of Strange interesting because he's always weaker than Strange, but he always finds ways to keep up with Strange by cheating all the time. Yeah, and that's what and that's what happens here, where uh, Mordo found some someone else to supply him power. So now him and this new outside force that he's talking through to this mysterious uh, mirror in the air. This figure is giving more, more power. Now the two of them are going to defeat Doctor Strange. And so... Mirror, mirror uh, on the wall. Who's the pettiest villain of them all? <laughs> it's me. Now I'm going to go kill Strange. And he goes there. Yeah. And one of my favorite things is there's this reoccurring character. It's this guy with a handlebar mustache that he keeps up. <laughs> he keeps, like, taking over his body to do stuff. I love yes. that guy. So that- I think, I believe, that's the guy that's supposed to be who Mads Milkison plays in the Doctor oh, Strange movie. Really? Really? I believe that's the character. <laughs> Which is fucking hilarious. I didn't think that he was even a main character. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty I don't good. want to consider that too much, but it's, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, this guy is silly. Yeah, so he has a handlebar mustache. He, they all, uh, so basically, Mordo and the other guys, as they're raiding Doctor Strange's uh, uh, palace, whatever you want to call it, uh, where him, he's training with the Ancient One, his master, who's an Asian stereotype in the comics, not uh, bald yep. Tilda Swinson. Yeah. Uh, but all of them are wearing like green condom outfits. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And they come in and they blast them with, like, they're, they're shooting lasers out of their hands. And, like, the Ancient One puts up a shield and it starts shattering. And one of my favorite things is Doctor Strange, like, he always has to make, like, weird signs with his hands. They have circles yes. around. And one of them, he puts up a shield and it starts to, like, bend and wave around the lasers as he's trying to deflect the blast. And Dicko always does, like, good hand work. I recently learned something that Disney animators try and force people to do when they're getting into animation is that you have to have each of the fingers doing a different thing because it makes it look more lively and there's a lot of movement there. And all of Ditko's like signs that these guys are doing with their hands are always like each finger is doing its own thing. It it helps like it it really like this is why Marvel is ahead of the game from from, like uh, Disney because even when people are just waving their hands and uh, making lasers fly out of their hands, they're still finding ways to keep it dynamic. Whereas mm-hmm. DC didn't really pay attention to this kind of detail. Yeah, not not a lot of repetitive stuff either from Ditko. Yeah, which I really definitely. Enjoyed. So yeah, uh, the ancient one gets taken out in this onslaught, and Doctor Strange has to escape with him. After, after as this, they escape, uh, Doctor Strange man- manages to sneak away. The guy powering Mordo uh, is revealed. It's Dormammu. Uh, <gasps> Dormammu. The dread Dormammu. Dread Dormammu. And we should, I don't know if you mentioned Dormammu on last time, Doctor Strange, but Dormammu is like a being from another dimension. If you saw a movie, you moan a little bit um, mm. in, the, in the comics. But he's uh, kind of he, like Galactus in that, where it's more like a, a sense of force of presence, where it's like, this is just a very arrogant king of a land, basically. He's he's very he's very archetypal comic villain like uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Doom. Yes, it, it, it actually reminded me of Doom with the uh, with their like following the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law. He's like, you know, I have an oath not to destroy Earth, but if I power <laughs> this guy to destroy Earth, I am not yes. yeah. breaking the rules. And then later he's just like, ah, whatever, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it myself. <laughs> yeah, what happened was Doctor Strange uh, basically Dormammu is like one of the elder gods that people incite from magic. He's so powerful. Mm-hmm. That people use his magic to power their magic. And actually, on the last episode, when he talked about uh, the Fantastic Four story, all those big like golems that they fight oh, yeah. are that those are the the mindless ones are like the citizen like the slaves of Dormammu's dimension. Yeah, he keeps them in a pa- magic power cage, which is silly. Yeah. Basically, the plot of the first appearance was 
the, the, the mindless ones who got set free, and Dormammu needed Doctor Strange's help to stop them. So then, because of that, Dormammu now is indebted to Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange said, now you have to promise not to invade Earth. And I'm like, fuck, okay, you got me. Oh. And now he's just like, I, but if I empower Mordo to kill you, that's not breaking the law. So no, and he that. also yeah. says, if I kill you, the oath is over, which is yes. like that Was that part of it? I guess the person you owe the oath to is dead. Do you technically have the oath? Right. It's like, do I? No, you got to maintain the oath. Brienne has to keep her oaths. I can forgive that kind of villain thing more in a Doctor Strange book because, like, the rules of magic, like the wording and stuff in magic matters more. So, like, if it's it's not just like this is my oath, but it's like there are spells that hold people under certain conditions, and like it just to me it makes more sense than like I said I would let them go and I put them down and pick them up again. (laughs) Ha ha. But I learned Doctor Strange told me to not think about things. Yeah, actually, (laughs) I I actually do agree that like. uh in this universe i'm so much more forgiving of dumb things because i'm like it's crazy they're flying with their astral projection forms throughout the world they're going to different mm-hmm. dimensions they're casting all these weird spells so i'm like i can forget i, I can look past a lot of weird yeah. stuff yeah because logic applies less here yeah when yeah. dormammu was introduced just to go back for a second about like ditko's layouts and stuff i just mm-hmm. want to talk about these three panels before they show his full body it's at the bottom of a page and it's him doing some like monologue about how he's like the mystery guy giving Dorm- uh mordo his powers and everything yeah. and it's just three panels of one his hand is like almost clenched like it looks like it's almost in pain it's like it's like his hands yeah shaking yeah, and it's shaking, and it has, like, a bright red background emanating, like, energy from off-screen. Then on the next panel, it's a pink background, and the lines are less thick, and he has a fist. And then he's like, I must rest now, and it's a gray background, and his hand is down. And just, like, having that be three panels instead of just one villain standing there with, like, a full body shot, have it be the close-up of his pa- of his hand as, like, colors warp behind him is so much more interesting. Yeah, it gives you the impression. It's like you can actually understand. It's like, oh, he's giving his energy, and then you see that it starts to drain him because that's the big thing of like this entire arc is Mordo needs to take powers from Dormammu to overpower Strange but then he needs to like rest at a certain point so he gives Mordo a bunch of power and then he needs to like chill out yeah yeah so uh Dormammu also gives Mordo uh specters from his dimension they're like these uh, ninja ghosts that fly around <laughs> literally ninja literally ghosts. yeah <laughs> yeah I think ninja ghosts are cool. <laughs> yeah, and they, they basically uh, uh, Dormammu uh, and Mordo together basically have spies everywhere right now. They have these ghosts flying around. They have every like all these uh, minions working for Mordo in every single location. And like it's interesting because it's like one of the, one of the first like globe uh, spawning trotting <laughs> globe trotting stories like in comics like because especially uh, in Marvel time everything was New York City. Does it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Where it starts in uh, Tibet and then it yes. goes to Hong Kong and then other dimensions. <laughs> Yes. Uh, these ninja ghosts are not smart, though. Like, the Ancient One is weak, so <laughs> Doctor Strange takes them to, like, this cave to recover with his, like, his, like his helper guy. Mm-hmm. And the ninja ghosts are like, there he is, he has the Ancient One. And he's just holding, like, a bunch of blankets, and he's like, mm-hmm. I'll fool them and make them think it's the Ancient One. And it works! All the ninja <laughs> ghosts follow him. Because they're yeah. probably just yeah. kind of, like, magic, like, like spell that just follows and seeks you know they're not thinking i don't think but um, one of the things i was thinking about was it's weird like phil was saying he's more forgiving of the story because the less logic you have like hard logic the more you can just be like whatever it's magic but i was sitting there i was kind of blown away that you don't have a spell that's just like seek strange out like you have spells to take over people's minds and to make them see different things but like you can't find strange's magical energy like he gives off a certain scent well they actually address this because he has counter spells that he uses, and also every time he uses magic mordo is like notified 
Yeah, so mm. he has like a default like cloaking effect, and then when he uses magic, like he has to be careful using magic in the story because every time he uses magic, Mordo teleports to the location. Say, I, I saw, I detected you detecting magic. I detected that you're using magic. Now I'm here. <laughs> like Harry it's pretty consistent. <laughs> like he consistently thinks like. Is it worth it to use the spell and risk my my location? And every time he uses it, he's found out like almost immediately. His cloak is what he uses yeah. a lot to to get around that because he's like, this isn't a spell. This is just a magical item. It's a magic item. Magic item. Yes. Yeah. So it's cloak of levitation. So in the first in the first issue, he gets attacked by a bunch of these goons, and he uses he uses decoys on himself to split up and uh, distract mm-hmm. all the people. And this is where they learn that uh, every one of these guards can mentally contact Mordo at will and summon him to the location. And so. meanwhile, Mordo has contacted, like, every sorcerer on, like, on the planet, like, I guess, and he's just like, if you see Strange, you gotta let me know right away. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, to begin with the mustache guy, next issue opens with the mustache guy showing up in a place saying, you guys now work for Mordo. And, <laughs> right, when they're like, we don't, we're not afraid of you, mustache guy. And the mustache guy's like, no, but you're afraid of Mordo. Mordo comes in as a ghost saying, boo, I'm Mordo. Fuck you. <laughs> No, he puts a guy in a bubble and shrinks him just like a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, they all continue to seek out Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange has to find a way to get back to the states. And so he, what way he does it is he gets into, he gets takes goes to the airport. He hypnotizes one of the uh, not flight crew, um, the people boarding the, the cargo the bag, guys. The cargo guys, yeah. yes. Yeah. And he he has them put him in the crate. And and basically, no one thinks to look in the crate as as he's passing all Mordo's goons by. Mm. And once he's on the plane, the Spectre, the Ninja Ghost, see Doctor Strange on the plane, and they have an astral uh, battle uh, on this plane while no one else is. It's it's a cool effect because everyone's just sitting on the plane, and then like in the like when it's just the people, there's a blue background, and then when it's the astral battle, it's a red background with like yellow lasers all over as the Ghost Ninja Mm. fights. Strange's astral form. Every single issue is just him saying, "By the omnipotent Ashtar, by the hoary host of Hogoth, in the name of the yes. eternal Vishanti, be gone." Yes. Yeah, and he, the way we talk about the ghost not being very smart, uh, after he beats the ghost, <laughs> this he, disguises himself, he disguises himself as a ghost and goes to the other ghost, saying, uh, "Strange is gone, guys. Bye." And he doesn't say. He says he he has like does hand signals to tell them that Strange is no longer on this plane. Which, like, yeah. later on they say that the, the ghosts are so fast that, like, time and space is kind of meaningless to, to the ectoplasm forms. I'm like, yeah. it's just, it blows my mind that a ghost couldn't teleport inside of this plane and just <laughs> Also, look. can your astral projection form dress up? Like, are you, I thought, I thought it was abstract. I didn't think it was actually, like, they're wearing clothes and, like. I thought it, yeah. you know, that's kind of... That, hey, it's magic, you know? That was yeah, the weirdest magic. thing. I, I think it's like a cute way to fool regular people. It's like once you're in an astral form, it's like, <laughs> yeah. this, this was a little yeah. weird. Like, it should have just been him, like, getting away. <laughs> One dialogue note that I want to point out is, like, a lot of the things he says, like the hoary host of Hogoth and the visions of Vishanti or whatever, mm-hmm. the thing that I really like about the way Stanley builds his whole Doctor Strange run is most of these concepts, like, most of these things he talks about seem like just, like... like things like catchphrases but most of these entities end up becoming either characters or spells so like he always says like the crimson bands of sidorak and that like is actually a holding spell and sidorak is also the gem that the juggernaut gets his powers from Dormammu was also originally just a guy he said just i keep saying by dread Dormammu, like dr strange used to cite dread Dormammu for his powers yeah and it's because i always thought it was dumb like superman is always like oh great row and it's like you're born in kansas you don't know you wouldn't say oh my god in kryptonian (laughs) yeah but like with dr strange it's all the stuff he studies and then having these like 
like catchphrases be introduced like issues and issues later while he's been using them gives this like level of like hype that is really cool where like he says yeah, like because you group, wonder yeah. what this uh, Sidorak is or Vishanti or the Hori hosts yeah it's like world good world building and then it gets yeah. used in the story and you're like that's so cool uh-huh. well I'm like that <laughs> One thing I think that I think is cool also is uh, the resolution to the plane stuff is, is you know kind of cheesy, but I do think they keep the tension up really well throughout these issues. Like uh, it feels yeah. like every every second Doctor Strange get caught, and every actually makes uh, does make, makes yep. a difference. Like, too. Yeah, there's a constant like tenseness to it. That it's like a big you might chase be sound at any instant the yeah. whole time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Doctor Strange finally reaches the states, but one of uh, uh, Mordo's demons are uh, uh, has now taken over the place, and he summons a crimson bands of Sidorak to swarm the place to make sure Doctor Strange is nearby. Doctor Strange has to escape and come back in a Halloween costume, <laughs> pretending to be uh, a guy calling out Doctor Strange, saying, "Doctor Strange, you're a fraud. I'm here to show that I'm the true magician." This yeah, is and really I love funny. that this guy just comes up. And he's like, "Go away. He's not here." <laughs> yeah. And so then the guy's like, oh, I'll tell these papers that Dr. Strange is a fucking fraud. And the demon says, no, no, hold on. And while he's like, uh, um, his guard is down, Dr. Strange punches him in the face and knocks him out. <laughs> yeah. He does that a lot. He's like, he's like, magic isn't what I need here. I'm going to punch him in the face. Yeah. Yes. And one of the things, too, about Ditko's art is the color- colorists were never credited, so I don't know who colored it. Mm-hmm. But... All of his art is so dynamic and bright. Yeah, really like, bright. Yeah, everything. Like every time they have like magical trinkets, they're like bright reds and bright yellows, and and the things explode. And they're not just like fire; they're also like greens and yellows. And it ha- mm-hmm. has this like effect that is just really like every page is fun to look at. Even stuff like that. Dormammu is the, the this lord over the dark dimension, and it is not dark at all. It's just a yeah. lot of like crazy <laughs> shapes and objects and swirls and Escher esque like yeah. structures. That's all like green and red and blue and white background and orange. Yes. So what happens is uh, uh, um, Doctor Strange wants to use his uh, orb that has the, that's the entire world by the eye of Agamotto. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But Mordo has curses, so it'll, like, it'll automatically detect that Doctor Strange is there. So Mordo teleports to where Doctor Strange is and starts facing off. But even like now, Doctor Strange is able to like uh, hold him off enough that Dormammu is getting freaked out. Like maybe a Mordo can lose. So he, he channels himself through Mordo and just takes Doctor Strange out. But before Doctor Strange out is taken completely, he teleports himself away across dimensions. It pulls a Superman where when you're reduced to zero HP, you teleport to another dimension to save yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so, uh, while this is happening, uh, Clea, who was originally, uh, who is, we talked about her in the Doctor Strange episode last time, becomes Doctor Strange's apprentice. And has sex with Ben Franklin. Oh, this is her? I didn't realize that. This is her second appearance, right? Yes. You You know why? Because this does not mention her name. I don't think like it that doesn't. at all. It just refers to her as the female. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the classic Stan Lee, she's... I don't think she gets a name to like, her 15th or 20th appearance. The, the, to be fair, to be fair, a lot of the, a lot of these characters don't get names until... Like, like, like the guy that's helping the ancient one, the, his helper, he doesn't yeah. get named until his final appearance. Hmm. the Hermit. So like, a lot of these characters don't get named, and that's like at the end when Steve Ditko leaves... Doctor Strange asks you. I never asked you your name. And she tells her it's clear. So that's, <laughs> and but like, uh, it doesn't. He doesn't have her name. But on the other hand, she's um, better written than a lot of Doctor Strange females. So I. Is, is that she is better written better than a lot of Silver Age females. That does not women. mean very the much. The term is women. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, 
you're right. I'm going by Doctor Strange's term. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we should all refer to people by their 60s and 70s but she, terms. But yes. she's not there. She, she's uh, Doc, Doctor Strange and Clea are not. They don't have a force relationship at all until after the, Stanley leaves. Uh, uh, most of her importance to the story is through her actions. Mm-hmm. And we get this next issue is two women who are the main characters. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I, I think uh, like if, yeah, she's, he has a name or but I think it's more because uh, no one was really named until. Uh, they decided there were characters enough to be named. I mean, they named the two women in the next issue. I don't know. It's one of those things that I feel like uh, I could forgive it if I didn't have Stanley's entire other catalog of like <laughs> not giving a shit about women. Yeah, <laughs> but I think this is one of the best examples. Clear's one of the better examples of Stanley. Oh, I agree. Uh, I agree. So, so uh, she finds out what the mom was up to in the scene as she's watching because she's she, uh, she was originally from the Dark Dimension. And she was she was always like, trying to work against Storm against Stormammu to help Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, Doctor Strange gets sent to the trippy multiverse and ends up on uh, which, which has a lot of like good Ditko craziness art of like weird yeah. like there's a platform that just looks like a topograph topographical map. Yeah, which is yeah, really cool. And just like there's just this land floating and swirling in the distance. It's and like grassy even, and even Strange is all like swirly. He's not like his well. It's because he's trying to reform himself after he teleported. Which, yeah. which I, I'd like. Another art note about Ditko that I think really stands out to me is, especially with Clea and with Doctor Strange, he puts a lot more detail into hair than most other Silver mm. Age artists, where, like, the hair gets, like, when Doctor Strange is, like, in a wavy form, he wakes up and his hair isn't, like, perfect to whatever the character design is. It's, like, messed up, and Clea's hair is really complicated. And, like, it just, to me, gives it more human a more human touch than, like, where every single Flash is crew-cut Flash in, like you know, in, like, D.C. It's yeah. Nice. It's nice. So, so this is kind of, like, a side plot. What happens is there is a, a sister who was a former ruler of this dimension, and she asks Dr. Change for help. It turns out her evil sister has, has like, taken her over now. evil sister, Shazana. Shazana. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Strange, like, they, they face off, but Dr. Strange is still too weak from his battle of Mordos, so Shazana overwhelms him. But he take, Dr. Strange takes the opportunity to learn uh, that her special power is a mystic ball under her throne. By mind-reading these, like, weird, like, gremlin yeah, her pet things. He mind-reads her yeah. pet, and the pet's like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> My favorite thing is he uses the eye of Agamotto, which, like, a, a third eye appears on his forehead and shoots, like, this laser beam at someone. And it yeah. looks into them, and it's just this gremlin, like, this weird, like, puma face with human <laughs> yeah. eyes just staring at him with its mouth agape. It's yeah, just like, oh my god, here's the history of my master. <laughs> yeah. So Doctor Strange destroys the orb, overthrows the tyrant, and he uses the extra magic from the orb to t- give him power to help teleport back to Earth. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even say goodbye to everyone. He just, he just teleports <laughs> Yeah, he's like, thanks for the orb. He's got a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she's not going crazy afterwards. Uh, I think that's going crazy. It makes it easier to deal with her. <laughs> yeah. Because she's, she's like, oh, everyone loves me. I'm a great leader. No one's going to betray me. I love... It's, it's just favorite. weird thinking about, too, like, like I really like the, the extra-dimensional Ditko stuff, like when you're going to distant lands. But then it gets weird when, like, you come over here and it's like, oh, this is like a monarchy. You know, you have a king or a queen that rule over it. Yeah. And it's like, what are you even ruling over? This land, like, makes no sense as, like, a fellow <laughs> yeah. Earth dweller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just... Uh, they're all just trippy... Uh things for people who smoke weed too whoa (laughs) it just it it makes me like yearn for the the days where you started to like marvel or other comics started to see aliens as less humanoid and more like just like beings or forces yeah 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 so dr strange comes back to earth and uh he goes to visit the ancient one in his spiritual form 
Yeah, in his spiritual form, because he like it takes him forever to do. A he always does this. He goes into like a room and closes the shades, and then he like leaves his body. Which yeah, I, I, it's, it's always interesting because like he's leaving himself vulnerable. But in this story, it doesn't really ever matter. But it, it did in that one we read uh, last time with the, mm-hmm. the yeah. Doctor Doom one. Yeah, it's also it's also cool because there's always this constant tenseness of like he always has to be on guard and careful because again everyone's looking for him. So if he leaves his body in a place, you know, there's there's just like Sly said, there's a constant tension throughout mm-hmm. this entire arc. Yeah. Yes. So what, ha- what happens is that uh, Doctor Strange uh, visits the Ancient One. Ancient One has been calling about Eternities, and we already know what Eternities. If you watched the last episode, yep. we're not we're not Spoilers. gonna say it until it comes up now, <laughs> in case you haven't seen the episode yet. So he's just telling Eternity and and Hamir and Doctor Strange like I don't know what he's talking about. And Doctor Strange thinks like I wish I could read his mind, but he's so weak that if I do, it could like destroy his his mind. He also yeah. has like mind blocking things. Yeah, he too. uses like yeah. mental defenses, so it's like going in requires like precision, like. Meant like like magical surgery. If only he had the ability of a surgeon. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is uh, Doctor Strange uh, astral his astral form tries flying uh, back uh, towards New York, but he gets caught by uh, uh, ghost ninjas, <laughs> and it, and there's a ghost ninja chase. Uh, so what happens? So what happens is Clea uh, sees this and she knows Doctor Strange is fucked. So uh, she tries. She gets a device to dampen Dormammu's barrier t- that's holding the mindless ones back. I love these guys. And- because <laughs> it shows it shows her going over the barrier and there's one guy just shooting a laser at the barrier and everyone else is just fighting each other yeah they, like, they're just shooting each, each other, other. <laughs> yeah. yeah they just fight each other that's what they do they, <laughs> throughout Stanley's uh, run of Doctor Strange and Ditko's run they're always like they say it's the mindless ones and I feel like in a lot of other like fantasy terms like that get thrown around a lot mm-hmm. but they really are just an endless <laughs> force yeah usually they're just dumber than average or or to like a, a hyperbole here they mm-hmm. are really mindless they just fight each other no matter what like, they, they just, just fight everything fight. in front of them forever yeah. yeah so the mindless ones get through the barrier and their mom has to leave a uh, mortal behind I love that uh, scene too he's like whoa I'm really busy right now you're gonna have to handle this on your own he's like wait no please <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. mortal's like please Dormammu Dormammu what happened <laughs> Yeah, and so what happens is uh, to shake them off, Doctor Strange flies towards the sun. <laughs> this was so weird. Yeah, apparently in the sun, uh, the astral projection, actual forms, uh, the chemical reactions in the sun cause the astral forms to fall apart. <laughs> how does that make? How does that work? See, I, I think, like if they had just said like the energies coming off the sun were so powerful, the astral mm. form would break apart. That would be fine. You don't have to make it like the nuclear fusion reactors interfere yeah, they, with they, magic. I think we're exaggerating. They actually have like uh, atom symbols floating around them as they're in the sun and like the chemicals are reacting around them. And they specifically say it's not the heat. They're like, no, it is the... It's the humidity. <laughs> uh, but meanwhile, Dormammu is like dancing in front of the mindless ones. He's not dancing. He's got like a hip thing going on where he's like yeah. resting one leg on a hip. He's thrusting forward as he's making a grandiose statement saying, back you mindless creature. <laughs> and he has the only, like, really defined butt in this whole book, and it's really funny. Uh, I love Dormammu. <laughs> so so Mordo uh, gives up his search, and he, he goes on Dormammu's sake. What I, lo- what I love about this thing is is that Strange flies into the sun, and he's like, uh, either they stop following me or we all die. Yeah, he, yeah. he even says to Mordo, like, if you follow me here, at least you... Earth will be uh, saved because you'll be dead too. Yeah, and that's what he does. Is he flies in and he's like, "What does he does?" Because because like Sai said, he's always the inferior magician. He's like, "Does he know some spell that will save him from being like nuclear fusioned?" He's so- always like doubting it, like doubting mm-hmm. his own abilities, and like thinking, "What if Doctor Strange has a trump card up his sleeve?" And like that's a really cool thing for a villain. Yeah, and so because he doesn't have Dormammu's power here, he's like, "I, I gotta go. I- I'll just leave. Whatever. I'll fly away." 
And yeah. one thing that ups the stakes too is the ancient one. Every time Doctor Strange sees him, he's weaker and weaker, and he uses the Eye of Agamotto to give him like mystical energy to keep him alive. Mm-hmm. So he has to like keep popping in every couple issues to just be like, "Here's some juice. Hope you don't die." <laughs> All right, so uh, and why the issue ends with that uh, Mortal leaves uh, Doctor Strange behind. Doctor Strange escapes. Yeah, Dormammu uh, so suspects that someone betrayed him within his own dimension. Because how else did they mindless ones get out? Yeah, yeah. Leave us a cliffhanger. Yeah. But the next issue, right away, he says, "I can use my powers to just see who did it." Oh, yeah, <laughs> he has like security <laughs> camera magic. He's just like, oh, yeah. "Let's check the tapes." There it is. <laughs> All right, so uh, Doctor Strange lands in a new area, trying to find more information about Eternity. And now the him going around different he's, people he's asking they know Secret of Eternity. It's London, yes. Yeah. He goes to visit this English moor. Uh, English moor. It's uh, his Sir Baskerville is the owner of the place. <laughs> good, good job. <laughs> and it's, it's Sherlock Holmes shit. Like it is like how the Baskerville's castle. Yeah. Eternity by Jove. Yes, I can help you. <laughs> yeah. And he goes into the kitchen and he's like, Mordo, hey, I got Dr. Strange. Yeah. One thing that I like is before he gets there, he like keeps asking different people. And like one guy's trailing him and he's like, do you serve Mordo? And the guy's like, yes, I do. So Dr. Strange's like, here, I'll mind wipe you, fuck you. And he just leaves him in the air. He has, he has yeah. this cool thing where like he looks and Dicko draws like all these lines coming out of one like bug eye of his where he, like he can look at people and get them to tell the truth, which is an uh, interesting spell. Yeah. Yeah. Zone of Truth, I believe. I think it's a level one spell. In <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is, like uh, Phil suggested, Baskerville betrays Doctor Strange, and as soon as he's out of Yusha, he tries to contact Mordo mentally. And Mordo shows up with his mustache guy. The mustache guy shows up saying, I'm here for Mordo. And uh, they try to uh, zap Doctor Strange from behind, but Doctor Strange was suspicious of Sir Baskerville because Baskerville so eager to help him. I, I, I want to point out that uh, Mordo sends mustache guy in place of him because Dormammu's busy dealing with the girl, or uh, what's her name, Clea, yeah. in his dimension, yeah. and Mordo's yeah. female, I think, is what we yeah, He's just <laughs> always afraid of fighting Strange alone, so he's just sending <laughs> yes. other men to do it. <laughs> so uh, they're like, where's Doctor Strange? Uh, you, you told me that uh, he didn't expect anything basketball, you failed me, but all of a sudden a suit of armor starts moving, and two of them Yeah, because like, oh. when they zap him, it was an illusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he does this so much. It's like literally like the first uh, arc of Naruto, where every oh God, yes. spell he does... Is like, I make copies of myself. It's ninja clones. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that I, I like about Doctor Strange is he always has, like, backup plans. Like, that's just his opening gambit. But why wouldn't that work? Like, that would always work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're a strong enough wizard to see which is the real one, right? Well, uh, uh, fucking mustache guy isn't. <laughs> well, that's what happens with Dormammu later on. Dormammu later on is able to see through illusions. But what happens yeah, yeah. is... The suit starts moving. They're like, oh, it must, be, it must be Doctor Strange that suit, in that suit. And the suit starts trying to run away. And Mordo's zapping it. And he's like, fuck you, suit. And the suit's still, still moving. <laughs> and he's like, no living thing could survive this spell. <laughs> and so finally, uh, the suit goes through a door. He collapses. And Mordo's like, finally, I got him. And then the mustache man tries to run through a door to, uh, uh, I guess, taunt over Strange. And Doctor Strange waiting behind the door just punches the mustache guy in the fucking stomach. He's knocking yeah. him out. And uh, so it turns out that Doctor Strange was using his cloak and he put inside the suit to make it move around and it seemed like he was moving. Mm-hmm. So everyone would think that he was inside the suit. But I love this too because when, when the guy gets punched, he gets knocked unconscious and Mortal's like, I've lost contact, but how? Why? It happened so fast. I don't comprehend the reason. And he imme- immediately calls your mama. He's like, Tomorrow I need powers. Please, <laughs> I'm so is, scared. <laughs> and he just summons more ghost ninjas. He's like, oh, get him, get him. It's also funny how much throughout this issue... Like like Doctor Doom was with the Hell Demons, he keeps saying like we're partners, we're not master and slave. And Dormammu's yeah. like, no, you're my bitch. <laughs> just, just to be clear, <laughs> he puts him down like every opportunity he can. Yeah. So Doctor Strange uh, mind reads Sir Baskerville, and he learns and, and the fucking mustache guy, and he learns that 
he learns he learns for real that Dormammu is the one behind everything now. And he also learns that Sir Bastard betrayed it because the ancient one could never fix his hand. <laughs> what a so... weird motivation. <laughs> well, I guess that's why he's probably it's not... It's kind of imagine. also Doctor Strange's motivation. <laughs> yeah, that's Doctor Strange's motivation. motivation. Doctor Strange, sorry, because his hands were fucked up. That's why he joined magic. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, I want to kill the guy's... Deci- the guy who couldn't fix my hand, I want to kill his disciples. <laughs> well, it's because Mordo promises to fix his hand. He'll be like, I'll do yeah. it. And this uh, is... Yeah. 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 And it's like, by Jove, I'll agree. And Doctor Strange is like, he, he won't fuck your hand. You can't fix your hands are beyond magic. Fuck you, and he leaves. <laughs> I can I can mind control and go to other dimensions, but I can't fix it. <laughs> yeah. What a weird world. Speaking of another like crazy power, what happens is all the ninja, this, the spirit ninjas arrive, and there's just a di- giant Doctor Strange that appears, and he says, "Hey, guess what? Uh, he fled to the Nether World. Go search there." And they're like, "You got it." And then they fly well, he's away. Well, he, well, he says he has complete control over their minds and thoughts. Yeah, him. No them. other command can supersede mine. The thought I now give you will become your own. He just inceptions them. He's like, "Doctor Strange has fled to the Nether World. Follow him there." And then they all just go bye, and they. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mordo doesn't see that happen. He just sees them going to the Netherworld, and it makes the assumption, I guess, Doctor Strange is in the Netherworld. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but he does say, like, something's wrong, I could sense it. I'll go to the castle myself. And he goes, but before I go, I need more power. Thanks. I'm really scared. Bye. Well, it's the scene of him showing up at the castle. It's him doing, like, when Sonic has to stop, that he holds his hands back, and he's doing the ski. <laughs> yeah, well, and we kind of running as to slow down and then do that comical, like, yeah. the hands behind their, their uh, back. <laughs> but, but it's too late. So, next issue, uh, Dr. Mama just instantly captures Clea, puts her in, a, uh, like, a cell, a magic cell. Yeah, it's blue spiky and wires. Yeah, it's like a spike ball. Like, it's just still, it's every design choice Ditko makes is just more interesting than it has to be. And um, Yeah, always curvy, always, like, nonsensical. Like, there's just this, like, weird pyramid that's oozing out of bro. Even Clea's <laughs> pants are, like, just covered in, like, weird designs and waves. Yeah. <laughs> and also, the moment's constantly covered by, like, uh, smoke and, and fire all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Doc Strange is looking for more people to help him. And Mordo puts out another call to, like, even more wizards. Some of these look like pirates. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, "If uh, you must immediately tell me if you see Doctor Strange. And we get a whole montage of Doctor Strange going to different sorcerers and wizards being like, you know what eternity is? And they're like, I ain't telling you shit. Or, or Mordo has been there first and, like, Mind transfixed them. them. Yeah, so they can't talk. One guy has a spell of silence, so he can't talk, so... Uh, Doctor Strange has to go to Mad Genghis, which we talked about in the previous Doctor Strange story. Who's the guy oh, that? Yeah, he wasn't that. Yes, yeah, he's the guy Moro taps for power in that story. That's Moro does. He always taps other people for power. <laughs> uh, so uh, Genghis is, is like a really powerful wizard, but he's fucking crazy, and he's like, "Oh, I know, Eternity. I'll tell you." Uh, the Asian wasn't trying to destroy the scroll, but I have it. He gives it to Doctor Strange. He's like rummaging through like a bunch of scrolls, and Doctor Strange is like, "This is what I feared." His mind rambles, but if he finds this scroll, hmm. <laughs> yeah, but, but it turns out that uh, it's it's not uh, what uh, the Asian was talking about. Eternity. It's actually this place where there's a guy tied up to. <laughs> Uh, like Matt, this, this, so Doctor Strange uses the scroll and teleports yeah, somewhere yeah, without yeah. reading it. He just he just casts the spell without reading what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a very like uh, surreal, another surreal environment. There's uh, pillars with faces all, all over them, mm-hmm. and there's a guy tied up to this. It looks like a machine. It blocks his hands and legs and eyes. Yes, yeah. which is important because when Doctor Strange remo- tries to save the guy and, and reveals the guy's eyes, I, his eyes turns out to be how the guy. Uh, swaps places with uh, people, so he swaps. So he shoots Strange. all these green beams, and he's like, "Gotcha, asshole!" Yeah. yeah, he swaps places with Doctor Strange, and now he's gonna take his face. It's not. It's weird because it's like it swaps places, but swaps clothes too. Yeah, 
And even this effect, so when Doctor Strange gets hit by these green beams, you just see his face, like, in the background while these shadowy figures, like, do handstands <laughs> hand around him. <laughs> and then he's in the, he's in the chains now, yeah. and his face is covered by this green mold spell that... that's stealing his face. Yeah. And he's like, yep, uh, in a few minutes the mold will be done, and I'll have your face, and then I control you. Yeah, and, and the guy's, like, this goateed, like, really wide eyebrows. It looks like, and, like Toad really... from... Yeah, Toad. It's a good example. Yeah. Toad, yeah. Not Mario Toad, from Mario. X-Men Toad. <laughs> X-Men Toad, yes. Toad! <laughs> I have your face! I'm gonna take your face! <laughs> so... So uh, he's wearing Doctor Strange's costume, and he's like, ha, I'm going to have your face permanently now. And Doctor Strange like, I only have a few seconds before he takes my face. So what, what, like, Doctor Strange's face is completely covered. So what he does is he uses the cloak of levitation to try to choke the guy. Since he's wearing Doctor Strange's cloak. And it's such a comical fight. <laughs> it's such a comical fight because the way the cl- it keeps, like, bowling him over, and he's, like, laying there, like, with his legs straight up in the air. And then it's, like, strangling him. But, like, it's just, it's a very slapstick kind of fight. Yeah, and the guy's like, this is madness. The cloak is alive. I'm like, look around you, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> At this place so, so you're the- living in. Yeah, so the face stealer um, uh, decides I'll, I'll, I'll free Doctor Strange to make him stop this cloak shit because I, I have another trick up my sleeve. So he he, he reveals his face to Doctor Strange again. Doctor Strange uh, swaps bodies again. And I was like, you think you, you stabbed me, but now you have to defeat all the people whose faces I stole. And uh, Doctor Strange is like, you know what? I'm Doctor Strange. Fuck you. And he's used Eye of Agamotto and, sh- and like, freeze all the faces. Yeah, everyone. He's just like, be gone, helpless ones. You are free. The demon controls you no longer. Yeah. And then he just blasts the guy. Yeah, blasts the guy, blasts the dimension. He's like, this place is so evil, just fuck it all. And like, <laughs> yeah. this is like one of those really cool, like, strange being like, just fuck everything, fuck this entire place, and everything just fucking blows up. You see the pillars of faces just getting eradicated. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I'm back, all right. That that dimension is destroyed, no problem. <laughs> yeah, so he, he comes back and he's like, I gotta go into the Ancient One's brain. There's no other way about, around it. Mm-hmm. And that, this next issue, when Meet the Mystic Minds. So... Doctor Strange starts probing the Ancient One. <laughs> Which, I thought this issue before we start was going to be, like, the thing where you're going to, like, Xavier's head and he's doing yes. different things. And then, like, if you're trying to do different things to combat him. But it's not. It is Doctor Strange, for the entire issue, sitting on the bed next to the Ancient One, blasting him with lasers. While the Ancient <laughs> One blasts him back with lasers. Yeah. And but it, it does like have like a process to it. Like uh, he like yeah. says, I'm, I'm, I'm through the first level defenses. And all of a sudden, Doc, there's a trap, and like a, a air bubble forms around Doctor Strange's head, and he's like, Oh, I can't breathe now. Yeah, it's now. like a so, cross hatching air bubble around his head. Yeah. Yep. And they poke. He gets poked in his eye back of Moto, so he can't see anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that the traps is cooler for this kind of thing than, like, the astral plane, like, mental fight. Because they're not fighting with telepathy. They're fighting with spells. So it had to be, like, specific booby traps that were in there. I just mm, think yeah. it's more... It fits with Doctor Strange better. And it's cool that this guy is such a powerful wizard that he's literally in a coma, but has these, like, mind spells protecting yeah. himself. He's taking Doctor Strange's ass. Like, Doctor Strange does not beat him. <laughs> what he does is he starts... Doctor Strange is like, I have to start setting my mind mental projections to myself to prove that I... Because uh, they want us to believe that... He's little Doctor Strange heads into his <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the ancient ones reacting naturally to a mental assault. He doesn't know it's Doctor Strange. He doesn't believe it's Doctor Strange. So, so he's, he's projecting into his mind. Help! I'm ancient one. I'm ancient one. I'm doc- I mean, I'm Doctor Strange. The, the, the last trap that Doctor Strange triggers, I think, is the most interesting one, where yeah. it it makes him start to doubt reality. Like it shoots this green orb at him. That now Doctor Strange starts to become elongated. One of the cool things Ditko does is he uses a thinner pen to draw with, so mm-hmm. it looks like yes. there's less body and form to Doctor Strange. 
And it's also yeah. like his lines are less straight and they're yeah. more like sketchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like the whole. Not only does he get like really warped, the background beyond the scenes get really warped. Everything starts turning really green, and like the color, the, the like not only are the lines getting thinner between Doctor Strange and his background, but also like the color difference. Like uh, they're almost mm. the same color. Like he's blending with the, the mm. environment. Yeah, his fingers are all spindly. It's a, it's a really clever way to show where it's like, hey, reality is falling apart, type of a deal, mm-hmm. by changing art style. Yeah, so each one's finding like, okay, I believe it's Doctor Strange, and yeah, talking. the only way he he wins is he opens his full mind and gets rid of all his own defenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, you know, this could backfire. He could destroy my brain if he thinks I'm evil. So I'm just going to fully trust him. And I like this because it establishes really well, like, the trust that him and his teacher have. Mm-hmm. Yes. I also just love, I do I do love this picture of Doctor Strange all sweaty and looking dead <laughs> with the beam attaching. And then the next frame is the ancient one smiling with the beam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're my student. <laughs> yeah. Doctor Strange passes out on the next page. And Angel and Smiley, and the sister comes in seeing Angel and Smiley while Doctor Strange looks dead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it turns out, uh, so Angel and tells Doctor Strange to help uh, how to get to uh, Eternity, and he has to use Ivan Agamotto and opens up and creates like a, a, a portal. And Doctor Strange, like basically, it leaves Doctor Strange, the Ivan Agamotto, and starts expanding and becomes like a doorway that Doctor Strange can enter. The eye opens and becomes like a doorway. Mm-hmm. Turns out the portal was in his heart the whole time. <laughs> yes. Literally. Yeah, and. <laughs> And so, so Doctor Strange is now in uh, Eternity's dimension and more trippy, let's mm-hmm. uh, shit. And he meets Eternity, which we clarified in the previous story. This is the trippiest of the Ditko stuff. Like, yes. Whole mm-hmm. planes of existence where like it's a it's a universe with stars, but it's on a flat piece of paper as he flights flies past it into like a crystal world, and it's all his design choices are so yeah. cool. And yeah. Eternity himself has a cool design. He is uh, like a, a silhouette with images of, of a galaxy inside the silhouette, basically. And, yeah. And so uh, Eternity is like this open the power from being. He starts scanning Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange can tell just, just about how he can't do anything. Can't even and say even anything. he only takes that form of man so that Doctor Strange can comprehend him. Like when he yeah. sees him, he sees a whole universe. Mm-hmm. That yeah. it's a microcosm of entire universe and it forms into a man so he can communicate with Doctor Strange. Yeah, he's basically, uh, like we clarified in the previous Doctor Strange story, he's basically like the embodiment of the universe inside this yeah. this uh, person. Uh, the Eternity is like so powerful, he just scans Doctor Strange and he learns the whole story. He contemplates on and he's just like, sorry, I can't help you. You can figure <laughs> out yourself. And he's like, get the fuck out of my dimension. He <laughs> says, the only other person that's ever talked to me is the Ancient One. You're the second mortal to ever go. But even though I could see like you're noble, I can't trust any mortal with the, with my powers. So fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Doctor Strange wants to talk, but he, like, isn't allowed to. Eternity says, I'm Eternity, he my message and remain silent, for none may speak when I am present. And Doctor Strange yeah. is like, fuck. I guess yeah, that's so Doctor Strange comes back, he's like, wow, we're fucked. Like, he couldn't help and me I at really all. like this, because the whole, like, he's been searching for Eternity for issues and issues, and it's like, you expect it to be like, oh, he's a MacGuffin who's gonna buff his powers. But he's yeah. just like, no, you just gotta think. Just, you have to outsmart him. Yeah, he says, use wisdom. You, got, you, you He says, you don't actually need my power. You're yeah, he denies enough. him because he says, you know already how to beat how to win this you don't need my power. yes so uh dr strange is like already like shaken up because uh he, he eternity trying to be a bust and he's like what if what if he lied i'm like why would how could eternity <laughs> lie to you? The, the embodiment of the universe lied to me <laughs> well then he says like i gotta go talk to the ancient one maybe he can solve the riddle of eternity's <laughs> final words but the ancient one is now missing and the ghost ninjas are there and they're telling and they're just dr. pointing to a different direction they're like you're coming with us mm-hmm. yeah and so, uh, uh, Hamer, uh, the assistant, tells Doctor Strange, uh, yeah, they took him, you gotta go save the Ancient One. 
And so Doctor Strange shows up to finally confront Mordo uh, to save the ancient. This one. begins our three-part epic final battle. Yeah. Yes. Bum 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 bum. So first, the mom of the man is like the strange tell him what you learned from eternity, and Doctor Strange's like nothing, and the mom's like, "Ha ha, you're fucked." Kick his no, ass. No, Daron's like, "I can read your mind," and you're actually telling the truth. So yeah, yeah, because because Mordo was like, "He's fucking lying to us." <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. "Shut up, Mordo." <laughs> Yeah. I love. I kind of like their relationship. I wish it was expanded on more, at, or written by someone other than Stanley, because Stanley writes all of his villains really one-dimensional. I feel like. Yeah. Whereas, like here, I think this is such an interesting dynamic. This guy, this like sniveling manservant, that has to listen to this this great and powerful god. <laughs> I yeah. just love how disrespectful Dormammu <laughs> yeah. is all the time, because Mordo yeah. deserves it. <laughs> He's such like a classic villain that he. Like, when he finds out Clay betrayed him, he's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to have you in this cage to watch me kill Doctor Strange first. Mm -hmm. And he keeps doing that kind of stuff where he's like, I'm just, this has to be an ultimate victory for me, like, just for the theatrical flair of it. Yep. Yeah, that's what causes ultimate downfall. I just, I have a side note about this issue real quick. The, at this point, Nick Fury was the only one on the covers, and the, but in this time they include Doctor Strange because I don't know it's only like this epic sh- finale of one of like the <laughs> ultimate Doctor Strange stories, and the cover is Doctor Strange reading Nick Fury's comic book. Yes, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, the story opens up. Uh, Nation one's like uh, Doctor Strange meets Nation one in uh, Mortal's capture. And they talk, and Angel uh, One's like, "You gotta confide in. You gotta have this uh, faith in, in blah blah inspiring speech." Yeah. And the yeah. two start facing off. Yeah, and Angel One's like, "I'll give you some of my power, even though it doesn't help a lot." And Dormammu's like, "Whatever. Like, we can just crush him as I give Mordo my power." Yeah. And so what happens is uh, Doctor Strange is like, even though Mordo has a sh- more Shira power, Doctor mm-hmm. Strange keeps like outclassing his abilities. Like, uh, Mordo shoots out two beams, and he, uh, Doctor Strange redirects right them to each other so that they cancel each other out. Yeah, he's shooting out like little beams that create like little discs that deflect things. Yeah. And he also uh, t- keeps taunting him during it, saying, Wow, you really suck at this. And it's making Mordo more and more insecure about his own skills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, Oh, fuck, I need any more power. Yeah, more, 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 Damaru. More power. Yeah. And what happens is Doctor Strange makes a delusion trick again, and Mortal buys this. Like, oh no, for to attack! There's too many Doctor Stranges. Yeah, how did Eternity must have given him the gift of being able to astral project and control his body? And Dormammu's like, no, one of them isn't there, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. And even at this point, he splits, and Mordo at first is like, "You're separating. You lied. Eternity definitely gave you that power." And Doctor Strange's like, "If you say so, evil one." And he's like, "You're mocking me. Why are you mocking me?" <laughs> Yeah. So finally what happens is it looks like Amorta's about to lose and her mom's like, I can't fucking have this happen. And he's like, <laughs> fuck it, I'm going to finally enter the ring and he teleports them all to where he is. And I always love this panel where the mom shows up in the, in the middle of the fight and they're like, Dormammu, what, what does this mean? And the ancient one's like, beware my son, the moment is at hand. And the next issue, it says all three of them being warped to the mom's dimension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it has, this, it has this interesting side story where he has to go to like these weird machines Dormammu and make does. a... Sl- Sleep Dormammu has to go to this weird machine to make a sleep bomb to put the mindless yeah. ones to sleep so he can put down the shield so he's at full strength for this fight. Because he apparently always is using some of his power to keep the mindless ones at bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, he makes this bomb, the sleep bomb, and it has an angry Dormammu face on it. <laughs> I love that. And he also calls every other neighboring yes. deity from all the other dimensions. He's like, hey, come watch me kick this guy's ass. <laughs> Yeah, and like so literally, they all just teleport in, and they're like, all and right. they peer out of the walls in the ground. <laughs> See, I think that these villains are more interesting than most of Stanley's villains. Sure, 
Yeah, I think that they're more. They have more. They have more going on. They're not just I want money and I'm gonna rob this bank or I'm just crazy. Like, like there's like, like, like they all said. There's this dynamic between Moro and Dormammu, and Dormammu is like this weird overlord that wants that is trying to bypass his word. Like, yeah, he's like trying like... to be honorable the whole time. Like, basically, he's gonna come here and he's gonna challenge Strain to like a physical combat. They're not gonna use spells. They're gonna use like yeah. these power things around their wrists. Like pincers? This is the weirdest thing. So he wants to do this because he wants, like we talked mentioned before, he wants his victory to be the absolute. He wants not just raw power to defeat Strange, he wants a pure skill. So basically there's these pincers on the, their hands and they're like these like energy uh, fields and when they when they connect to each other, they like trap each other. They get like stuck. <laughs> they grab. They're literally pincers, like like magic pincers. Mm-hmm. But what, what I thought was so weird about this is like, I think it's cool to have like a skill-based fight where he's like, one of you won me, I'll show you how good I am. Uh-huh. But strength, like, Physical strength has to come into this because they're wrestling too. But yeah. it, how can Dormammu's physical body be just as strong as a human? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> it's not. It's stronger. Yeah, it has to be stronger. But uh, despite the odds, <laughs> but I do. I, there is other. Right before this fight starts, there's one other battle I want to talk about. Is all those deities show up and they're like, "Who are you? We're like the gods of the nether, nether the nether worlds." And Doctor Strange and the Ancient One are like explaining who they are, and they are all facing each other. And to the corner, Doctor Strange isn't even looking at him. Is Mordo, and he's like, "I am Mordo. Behold me and tremble. I serve Dormammu." And no one even acknowledges him. <laughs> yeah. And then Dormammu literally rolls out a golden carpet for him to make his appearance. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Dormammu's like, "Oh, it's me, Dormammu. It's me, Dormammu." And Mordo goes like that, and Dormammu's like, "Get the fuck out of my way." Are you- yeah, yeah, yeah he co- I forget, he called him before, and he calls him, he says, you're a mortal bungler, which I yeah, he calls him a bungler name. twice throughout yeah. this, and I was like, this is great. Yeah. He also, he, when he says 1v1 me, Doctor Strange, he's like, whoever wins uh, gets to own Earth or something, yeah. and be yeah. the, like, the supreme voice in the highest council of the known dimensions, and he's like, I guess I have to accept that challenge. Yeah, and all, all the other warlords, some of them are like, yeah, fuck Earth, and some of the other ones are like... Uh, if Earth falls and Dormammu will come out, we'll start hunting for us afterwards. Mm-hmm. We're, we're fucked. So it's all down to Doctor Strange, and the two of them start uh, facing off. Literally, like it's a it's it's a completely physical fight to this point where uh, Doctor Strange is like, "Aha! In the Dread Dimension, you don't have judo," and he like flips him over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you see, it doesn't matter if Dormammu has a bigger body because Doctor Strange uses strength against him using judo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, it actually looks like. Uh, Doctor Strange is going to win, and Mordor's like, "No, I can't have this happen." So he tries to zap uh, Doctor Strange from behind. And Ancient One tries to stop it, but Ancient One is so weak that he barely—he only can barely uh, stop it. And uh, Doctor Strange gets zapped, and looks like Doctor Strange is out, mm-hmm. leading to the final issue: Let There Be Victory. This is the best too, where where Dormammu just starts the issue being like, "Did you fucking interfere with my one v one? I meant no harm. I wanted to help." Mordo says. <laughs> He was like, I was, I was merely toying with him. Were you fool enough to think I could have beaten him? I could have been beaten so easily. You shall pay for that. Now you shall pay. He sends him to hell. He sends him to the mission of demons. Yeah, literally hell. He's like, go to hell. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. It's like in a page. He's like, fuck you. Get out of here. Yeah. I do love it too. How like you know, a lot of times the the villain secretly does want his henchmen to come help out mm-hmm. in the one v one. Dormammu's like, don't yeah. you fucking dare get involved because it's all about him showing off how cool. Kind he is. of. It's so it's he has weird to have Mordo bail him out. It's weird because yeah. after that, it's like, well, anyway, you know, I still won, guys. So like, I yeah. I'm fine. And then yeah. Strange is getting up. He's like, no, you like, we need to fight. I can still like stand and stuff. And he's like, no. Nah, sh- you're wounded. I could win too easily. But Doctor Strange is like, oh, you're too cowardly to fight a wounded man, Dormammu? And I'm like, fuck, fuck yeah. you, Doctor Strange. <laughs> Those rash words have sealed your doom. 
And Zeus are fighting, and and uh, this is where Doctor Strange's cleverness comes to play because Dormammu keeps saying, "Oh, you're so weak, you're you're injured now." And Doctor Strange keeps playing up that he's injured and making himself seem weaker than he is, and finally he sets it all up for one big uh, turn where he basically seals uh, both of Dormammu's pincers together and then uh, grabs his chest and holds him up over his head, saying, "No, I got bo- I got you. You can't do any jack shit, Dormammu. Fuck you, <laughs> concede." Which I. <laughs> Like, I, I like the idea of him, like, duping Dormammu and stuff. The one tiny detail I didn't like is that the Ancient One, like, the Ancient One is sending me mental summons. The time is at hand. He will oh, yeah, I don't him. like that line. And I'm, I'm always, I always hate when you have to have the tutor or teacher help you out when yes. it's supposed to be about, like, a coming of age of you surpassing mm, yeah. this thing. Yeah, and it's, it's weird. I wonder if there's a last-minute edition by Stanley. I'm going to blame Stanley for this. Fuck Stanley. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe, but, maybe <laughs> there's, like, that, because there's, like, a big open space to the top right, maybe he was like, I'll just fill it in here. Yeah, this is weird because, especially because uh, one thing that repeatedly happens in Doctor Strange is repeatedly Doctor Strange can't count the Ancient One, and he always has to solve things himself. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened for most of this story. But so it's weird that this one moment, the final moment, he needs the Ancient One summons for the perfect moment to strike. Which is weird like, this too, is like because the war- he, this was his plan. He didn't need yes. the Ancient One. He just needed to figure out when to strike, and then the Ancient One's like giving him the the answer to a question he knew. I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't like that detail either. But it's only yeah. like one little bu- bubble that could be put in there as an afterthought. Mm. Yeah. So Doctor Strange wins, and he's like, "You have to promise that the f- fuck of Earth." And uh, the man was like, "If I just destroyed you, like normally, I would have won. But I had to make it fair so I could beat you more, more proudly." <laughs> fuck me! <laughs> he gets so mad at himself. He's just flying around his dimension, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, he's really angry." <laughs> Yeah. And he's just like, why did I fucking want a 1v1 without power? Someone says if he doesn't come down soon, he will destroy our universe. <laughs> I also, like, when he goes to leave Strange at the Ancient One, he says, uh, I do swear that like, he's not going to interfere with Earth. And then he says, I must be alone. I must plan my plans of vengeance. I must think and scheme and brood. And the Ancient One says, no matter what plans he makes, Earth shall be safe, for he has sworn. This guy that, like, <laughs> broke his oath, more or less. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing is, he, he apparently already said he was wasn't gonna fuck with Earth, and then got so involved in this that he did fuck with Earth again. Yeah. So it's like his what? Yeah, what yeah is, I love that. The ancient one's just like, oh, thank God, Dormammu swore not to do anything. Oof, we are yeah. saved. Yeah, we're, we're dodged that bullet like it's, only, it's like he yeah. did it before already. But Dormammu still has one trick of his sleeve to just yeah. be He's an like, asshole. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. spit in your face so right petty. now. He immediately calls. Oh no, he calls him hours later. Yeah. They have a banquet, and then as soon as the banquet ends, yeah, they come home. They're happy. They won. And Dormammu's like, "Hey guys, guess what? You didn't win." <laughs> oh, also, hold on. At this point, the the ancient one says, "Be on guard, my son. I sense an evil presence." And Dormammu literally calls him on like his TV screen. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you needed the ancient one's warning. <laughs> Shut up, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Dormammu shows up and he's like, oh, you think you won? You think you won, motherfuckers? Well, guess what? Remember that girl that you liked, Dr. Strange, the one who helped you last time? Oh, guess what? She tried to help you again and I captured her. And now she's going to torture her for all eternity because of what you did. Fuck you. I win. Dormammu wins. No matter what you think, you win. Oh, he sends her to, like, a place between dimensions and then there's a great single panel of Dormammu looking like Pac-Man at his mouth at the widest laughing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and Strange says, bring her back, Dormammu. Don't make her pay for what I've done. Wait, wait. And Dormammu hangs up on her. He says, <laughs> And he, he sits by himself and he's like, aha, good, I dampened the flame of his victory. They just feel good about himself. He's like, at least I got to just do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then the, the handlebar mustache guy's like, where's Mordo? I can't talk to him. <laughs> no, but, but after he says, like, at least I, at least I fucked him up and, and sent her to hell, he then starts smashing the universe again. He's like, I'm still so dumb, though. Why didn't I just kill him? <laughs> yeah. So uh, to the handlebar mustache thing that Phil mentioned, it basically set up the cuffhanger because at this point, uh, Doctor Strange had no real breaks in between. It was just from plot to plot. Mm-hmm. So this is up the next plot, which yeah, is... Yeah, it's the Stan Lee stuff of where you're seeding what the next yeah. issue is going to be. Yeah, yeah and, and I think it's a really good cuffhanger. I actually love the next story, but uh, what that is, is uh, the, the handlebar mustache guy, the demon that was watching over um, Doctor Strange's uh, place, and the mysterious third figure all place a bomb in Doctor Strange's place. And Doctor Strange a, is so a tired. A regular bomb, just a normal bomb? Yes. Because he can't detect yeah. normal bombs. They're like, he would, he would never be fooled by black magic, but a bomb. <laughs> how could he, he notice that? Yeah. No, but he, but he says uh, it may completely escape his notice because he'll be scanning for magical traps, but not... And they do cool. also magically wipe any evidence that they were ever there. Mm. Yes. You so know, Doctor Strange, so, so the cliffhanger is uh, Doctor Strange. Like I'm so tired, I'm going to go to bed as the bomb is ticking down and starting to explode. But that wraps up this particular story, uh, or this particular chapter of the wider Steve Ditko saga. So, what do you guys think? That was pretty cool. I was thinking like this would be an interesting like mini series, like a single core of anime, thirteen episodes. Like, it, yeah, because this has like a nice like flow to it. There's a constant tension. Like, it, it's fun to see what, like, Mordo and Dormammu are up to, like, every so often. Like, that yeah. stuff is fun. It's weird thinking about it in terms of comics, because one of the things I was kind of bummed by is I really wanted Dormammu to kill Mordo. Because he told him in the first <laughs> issue, if you fail me once, I will kill you. And he's failed him, like, 12 times throughout this entire yeah. well, well, he sends to hell. That's, like, the second... Yeah, uh, I know, but that's, thing. like, the comic thing of, like, when you fall off a waterfall, it's like, well, they're dead. It's like, no, I want to see, like, Mordo explode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, one thing I do want to point out is I I thought when we said we were going to do this, this was later in their run. This is less than two years after Doctor Strange's first appearance. Mm. Yeah, that's like that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I really liked it. it. It's the Stanley dialogue can be pretty like full. It can really fill up each page. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it, like we said earlier, the the action never really stops. The tension stays there. The magic is mostly interesting, and the you know, other dimension stuff is pretty cool. Yeah, the art's a lot of fun. I uh, should we mention that uh, Phil destroyed my copy of this particular comic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave him this comic to borrow, and then he's just like, "Oh yeah, the comic gave me the borrow. It's destroyed." I'm sorry, Sly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean destroyed? <laughs> I hate it so much, said Phil. Yep. Uh, every, everything Sly gave me, I just would just rip up and throw. What? In the it was like your closet flooded or something? Yeah. You pissed all over it. <laughs> Yeah, I, b- I pissed all over it. <laughs> Stop this, Doctor Strange. I think, actually, I think I found another copy of that book and got it for you, Sly. Yes, point. you did. Did I? Yes. I should be the one to get him one. So I, I'll, I'll have to get you a different one. Now you'll have to piss on me or whatever. <laughs> now we're all even. Yeah, that's the way that works. So me and Ryan already know this answer to this, but uh, Phil and Daryl, would you have read more, or would you read more of this? Yes. Um, maybe I would. It's hard because, like, as a writer, I'm really not into Stanley's dialogue and stuff. So it's like that was definitely the the slowest part of the reading for me. Mm -hmm. I feel like getting a maybe from you for Silver Age comics is a pretty big like (laughs) achievement. It would have to depend on what like the next arc is like. It's also hard because like I like more the the hard science between like these are the rules of the universe. How do people like bend them and adjust to them? Whereas magic is just like. 
uh, I cast a spell, now I know where you are. Or I cast a spell, and now we switch bodies. The, the funny thing is, the next story is actually really grounded. What happens is the bomb goes off, and Doctor Strange gets captured. He gets his, his hands and mouth uh, tied up. Mm-hmm. So he can't cast any spells. So what he has to do is try to escape these three sorcerers while using only his astral form to see and do anything. Mm-hmm. To, you know, so it's like all tied around the astral form uh, logic. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a lot more grounded, ironically. But uh, generally, it is more trippy shit like this. Yeah. I, I do wish, because of how trippy the overall story arc is, I wish Doctor Strange's fights were less lasers out of our hands. Yeah. I know, like, how do you visually portray this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's kind of like the problem I had uh, as Harry Potter as the series went on, where, like, Everyone's there were so many cool fireballs. Yeah, so, they, they talk about all these different classes and all these cool spells and counter spells and counter hexes and stuff, but for a lot of it, it is just, um, the, like, Avada Kedavra versus... Uh, Expelliarmus. Expelliarmus. And, and they're, like, they're shooting them at each and other. Stupefy. <laughs> yeah, and Stupefy. The only thing is, the movies actually did a better job. The Dumbledore versus Voldemort fight in Order of Phoenix is the best yeah. fight in the entire series. Like, I agree. I, I, I'm look, I haven't seen it. I'm looking forward. I've seen that fight, but I haven't seen the movie, but I'm looking forward to what, what we're watching them actually now. But uh, and and it, and it's worth noting, like uh, this was like this is like this was an inspiration for a lot of D and D magic. This was before like magic, like what serious magic was like magical main character existed before these comics really. Like Gandalf was not super magical. Yeah, uh, mm, like these yeah, were like yeah. the first to really show magic that is like unbridled, super powerful. I would say in like modern pop culture, obviously yeah. there's a lot of like cultural folktales that have a lot of magic base. Never like a main character. Always like like uh, a Conan the Barbarian, a Beowulf fighting a magical creature. Not yeah. It's usually per- actually magical creatures in folk tales. It's not. And if there's a wizard, they have some weird like ritual slash like rules spell. Not like yeah. I can just cast mirror image like the, that he did like yeah. in this, which was used in my D and D campaign recently. Which was like it's just yeah. it's a cool thing to see. And, and I, I like the spells, like the, the Crimson Beds of Sidorak, like, spreading out to try to find a, a life force. Or, like, I do like the splitting himself up, and I like the shielding. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's not cool spells. I just, a lot of it is uh, beams at each other. Yeah. And, yeah, and in the, movie, the Doctor Strange movie had this problem, too, where a lot of it's, like, they're, like, punching each other with magic hands. And I'm like, fucking use spells. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of accurate to the comics because Doctor Strange yeah. will zap people. They just say punch people randomly too. And yeah. accurate to the comics, it's like the actual action is pretty straightforward, but the backgrounds are really cool. Yeah, yeah. that's that was the coolest thing about that movie was just like all the the where they're punching each other with magic hands. Yeah, <laughs> too bad the plot wasn't as ambitious as the comics, though. Yes. Oh, yes. R.I.P. Yeah. Dormammu. <laughs> Spoilers. I really wanted a big, arrogant, flaming head dude. <laughs> just uh, dancing flaming. and gyrating at mindless ones. Yeah, I like his moves. I also, I just like, one of the things I like about him is I, I actually have like a soft spot for super powered villains where they're like, I can destroy the universe in like one swipe of my hand. Because it makes the plot very interesting because it's like, what do you do to overcome this? And is it dumb or deus ex machina Yeah, because he does say like, I could have literally made you not exist if I wanted to. Yeah. But I I had to fucking fisticuff Yeah, which you. is nice because it plays into his character where it's like, okay, this makes sense that he would be so arrogant. Yeah. He's like, I will go to your level and beat you at your game. Yeah, yeah, it's a better resolution than to a lot of the, these type of stories. Like Galactus, they, all they find is a MacGuffin and they stop Galactus. Yes. Like, this is actually has more to yeah. it than yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. so that wraps up this episode. Yes. So if you guys like it or have other suggestions of things you want us to do, you should join our Facebook group, Hoops I Talk Device of Issues, or the network Facebook group, Flying Machine Explorers Guild, and our Discord. 
And you should recommend us to a friend. Let us know. If you want to tweet at us, it's at Divisive Issues. And you should also check out the other shows of the network, like the Potstirer podcast. If you listened to last week's Oops, I Talk Politics, we talked about the Supreme Court, and the new episode of Potstirer is a good supplement to that. It's like, it's what would happen if Roe went away, if Roe v. Wade. So I'm not going to get super into it, because that's not what this show is about. But... It's, you know, if you like last week's Oops, I really recommend the new Potser podcast. Jay does a really, really great job at looking at some of the things we didn't talk about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, check that out and all the other shows, the Flying Machine Network website, flyingmachine.network. And it's almost a new month, so donate to our Patreon. You'll get a new bonus episode soon. Yay. 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 It stars a caveman that has a very interesting ability. (laughs) (laughs) He's got more powers than the Dread Tormamu. He kind of does. (laughs) You could, could probably kick Dredormamu's ass. Yeah. But only if he looks like Bruce Wayne. So yeah, check Spoilers. that out. Yeah. I will... I think we have a sample of that that should be in the RSS feed. Okay, so that's been Divisive Issues. Thank you all for watching. I've been the Ghost Ninja. I've been having a fashion montage in my astral form. I've been a mortal bungler. And I've been a handlebar mustache guy that Ryan's been invading my body with. Thank you, Steve Ditko, for all your work. Yes, thank you. RIP. RIP and stay in continuity. I give you the incredible flying machine. I've been a mortal bungler. Damn it. I knew you were going to say Handle mustache guy. Handle mustache guy. What? Handbar mustache guy. Oh. Handbar mustache. And I've been a handlebar mustache guy that Ryan's been invading my body with. Thank you, Steve <laughs> Ditko, for all your work.